for Furphy at Little Creatures Village, Geelong. This is the warm-up with Warlow and Moods. Hello everyone, welcome to the warm-up for another week. I hope you're having a good weekend. Happy Saturday morning to you. Matt Warren and Cam Mooney on the show this morning, building up a big weekend of sport coming your way. There's so much on at the moment. I want to catch up with Channel 7's armchair expert, Cam Luke, to talk all things sport. He's got some wacky ideas as well. We'll get to that a little bit later on. Local footy update and, of course, our weekend preview as we look forward to the rest of the round in the AFL. Moons, welcome to you, mate. How are you? Well, hello. Very well, thank you. Hello, everybody. And uh, looking forward to Cam because, you're right, if anyone's going to come up with a wacky idea... It's yeah. Cam Luke. He's got some strange stuff. <laughs> I spoke to him the other night. He's 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 happy to come on. He's doing bloody Euro horse racing in the middle of the night for SEN track mm. and he's for Ladbrokes and Neds and He's a worker. He's a worker and he's all over the shop. We're gonna chat to him a little bit later on. He likes to have a bit of fun. We'll get to that. Hey mate, uh, the Ashes is rolling on, fifth test. We won't go into too much depth. It's still rolling at the moment. Mm. But um it's ju- it's been a strange one because we Obviously, Thursday night was frustrating, dropping catches. We got ourselves back in the game and all that sort of stuff, which is hard. But the, haven't the Poms had a whinge in the last week since it was washed out last weekend? Been disappointing. I've actually been more disappointed with some of the... Uh, and I'm going to talk about it later with what I'm buying and selling. Uh, the language around... or The, the conversation around Cummins as yep. captain. Okay. Um, been more disappointed with that, in, in all honesty, with a lot of Australians, how they're, they're talking. But yes, there has been a lot of whinging, which is fantastic. Yep. Means we've annoyed them, means they're upset. Well, they want to change thing. the rules now. All of a sudden, the, all the POM supporters or cricket experts over there, they want a reserve day. They want to play games to 10 o'clock at night because daylight savings in, in the UK and mm. the sun's still up to nearly Not 10 our o'clock. Fault. Your weather's crap. That's right. I mean, we can't be held responsible for a whole day's rain in Manchester. They also had a crack at us because we retained the ashes. They want to change how that sort of works. But also, there's been vision last over the last few days of them celebrating something 10 years ago Yes, in a similar situation. Alistair Cook, the captain of the time, going, well, you know, they were three for 30-odd chasing whatever they were, not going to get the runs on the last day. It gets washed out. And all of a sudden, it's like, yeah, oh, you know, we've played some good cricket. We're happy to retain the Ashes. But 10 years later, all of a sudden, we're not allowed to. There's been a lot of uh, contradiction coming across the uh, the ocean. Yep. Uh, this Ashes. Uh, it's been quite amazing, actually. When you think about the Bearstow run out, and then we've seen highlights of things that Bearstow did himself. Yeah. And then, obviously, uh, the coach that he did, McCullum. Uh, and now, obviously, with the rain that you talked about, yeah. with Alistair Cook, you know, a lot of things that they've done and they're, they're now whinging about is going against them. Yeah, they want to change the whole Incredible. game. And what I can't, the you most know, amazing thing, it yeah, it is, and it, it is because it's great to go back, but the most amazing thing about it all is that the players have come out this week, and Jimmy Anderson being one of them, saying that it's not about winning. We're bringing a style of test cricket that is great for the game and the rules should be adjusted to what we do. Mate... At the end of the day, I heard Bumble on SEN this week saying, you know what, that might be all great and it might be entertaining, but at the end of the day, the Aussies won the first two tests and it's 2-1 up in the series. It's about winning. Like, great that you've done this for the game. It's great to watch, but surely you've got to win the matches. They've got to understand when an opposition comes over there on their shores and takes a 2-0 lead on their home soil, that's embarrassing. Like, but that that's actually embarrassing. I totally agree. And the whole purpose of it is that if you do win those first couple of tests or have a lead in the series, that's your advantage. Yes. That's and you. if something comes along like rain, then yep. that, that's what that happens. happens. That, yeah. That's what you've got to go through. Hey, um, 
Chris Scott this week will break the record for 305 games coached yes. for the Cats. Best coach the Cats have had? Uh, no, nah, Mark Thompson for mine. Um, only on the back of, because he took a group that was young, uh, extremely naive. Uh, there was a list that was ageing. Had to get rid of those guys, or those guys left. Brought in all these young talent. The club was poor. Uh, yep. It was the, it, it, There was a lot of things. People don't understand, or, or a lot of the players there now, and a lot of people forget that Geelong was actually a really bad club at the end of the 90s. Uh, the club was, literally the stand was falling down. It was $10 mm-hmm. million dollars in debt, and the, and the list was terrible. The captain and the coach had just walked out. Yeah. Like, there was a lot of things going against it. Bomber comes in with, obviously, Brian Cook and Frank Costa, and then they draft a lot of these young kids, and we build this team and this club up to being, by the end of 2007, you know, the best club in the country. And then, luckily enough, the club has held on and, and stayed on that path for a long, long time. Yeah, but it so went for me, for that's bomber. But Chris Scott has been absolutely incredible. Yeah, he'll break the record this week uh, as most games coached at the Cats, a winning percentage of sixty-eight point seven five, which is just incredible. That's uh, the highest of anyone mm. coaching a hundred games or more. So it's a, it's an and to awesome do that over three hundred is amazing. But the thing with Geelong, it went from as you said, a, not a basket case, but a bit of a like in a, in a bad case. situation. From you wouldn't play down at Geelong, you wouldn't drive down, da da da, to now it's a, a club that people, a destination oh. club that people want to get to. And Players it is about selling. It's about yeah. selling the uh, the lifestyle that you can actually live playing for the club. The lifestyle. And obviously now, it looked pretty disappointing that the stand hasn't been finished this year for, for, for reasons. Once that is finished, we're, we're going to be talking about probably the greatest regional stadium in the Southern Hemisphere. Yeah. The Matildas, it's been disappointing. I won't harp too much on uh, the World Cup, but uh, Sam... No Kerr, no Kerr, no Yeah, no Sam Kerr, no Matildas. That's what it seems like, although they got the result in the first game, which was lucky, I reckon, in the end. They had the penalty. Disappointing the other night. Horrendous against Nigeria. 3-2 Nigeria. They'll down what? Oh, up, what, 1-0, down 3-1. So scored just before halftime. Nigeria scored five minutes later in injury time, mm. just before halftime, and then the second half just fell apart. My issue with it all, I think, with the Matildas and, unfortunately, the World Cup is, I won't say they haven't been honest about Sam Are Kerr. we going to see her play? Oh, she's not going to play. Not going to play. She won't play against Canada come Monday night. Um that's a, is that a must win? Must win. I or think, a must get well, a some kind of result? A draw would give us a chance, but still it may not be enough. We need to win that game. She's not going to play. And I think they've known from day one that she's unlikely to be so featuring So you think in she's this. torn this calf pretty bad? Torn it pretty bad, I think, is the understanding. The problem with it is, is that obviously she's Australia's best player. There's no doubt about that. She's one of the probably top three or four players in the she's world, the face of the World Cup. She's the face of the World Cup. This is the issue, right? So I reckon they've decided not to come out and say that she's not going to play again for so many different reasons and most of them being commercial reasons yes. because the Matildas lose on Monday night or a, or a knockdown of the World Cup. Unfortunately, and this is going to have an effect across women's sport, the World Cup's just going to fall away very quickly. We're going to lose interest as a nation very quickly. New Zealand are already cooked. They're going to be out of the tournament in a few days' time. And their their co-hosts. Yeah. So we're in real trouble. And I think we spoke about you know this being a bit of a drive for women's sport in the country. But I reckon in, in a week's time we will be falling mm. off the World Cup that fast if the Aussies don't get through. Yeah, well, Sam. I mean, if, you know, if Australia don't go through. I'm probably not going to show too much interest nah. in all honesty. And I'm only watching so. the Matildas because they're Aussies. Yep. Hey, uh, Taylor Harris this week was absolutely. Polaxed. It took me back to a fight I saw earlier this year. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, you know was an ag she was bully. brave. She was. Gee, she looked. She yeah, did look good. I think good. a lot, that of, can lot of people. I'm just looking at a pay, uh, picture in the paper from the other day. 
um, from Friday. And people got to understand things look worse than they really are. Like, I guarantee, like, she's actually walked away and said, no, I'm fine. There's no structural damage. There's no bone fractures or anything like that. Yeah, she's got a bit of a blown up eye under her left eye. But it's actually probably doesn't didn't hurt her as much as probably everyone thinks that it would have. Yeah, it's one of those ones, and I remember getting hit in mine, and I actually went when I went down and got knocked on my backside. I actually didn't feel it. Yeah, I remember you saying that you, when you fell down, you were in full control of your yeah. fall. Yeah, I, you were yeah, really, yeah. it wasn't I, as bad I, as it looked. I, 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 I went down. <laughs> I'll be honest. It was a I dive. Threw, I threw it, it was a dive. And you had money on that fight. You, you, you went down the. Third I went round. down because I blacked. <laughs> <laughs> but um, what do you think, Kane Corns? This week, saying it's not a good look for AFLW for her to come out six weeks from round one and be playing. No, no she's got every. Heavy no, handed. she's got every right to yeah. go and try her hand in. Uh, other sports, and this is something that she loves to do and she wants to do, and yep. I'm sure she would have got a nice little packet on the end of it 100%. as well. So she's got every right to try and make a, a bit of a living in sport while she's got this opportunity. Now, it doesn't look good with her face blown up, but that's that's boxing. Everybody knows that's boxing. And again, she, I guarantee if you spoke to her, she said, you know what, it, it didn't really hurt that much. Just being hit on the same spot or under the eye a couple of times, that's just what happened. Speaking of uh, didn't really hurt that much, Nathan Murphy Murphy this week for Collingwood, Willie Rioli, um, obviously downgraded to one week in the end. What did you think of that? Because when I first saw it and watching the game live, I thought maybe he clipped him sort of with the palm of his hand and maybe it was a bit harder than it looked because he actually really did go down. It didn't look like he overreacted in terms of, of a threw himself. but it did look my seven-year-old would give me. Well, it looked very dramatic. And I thought Murph went down a little bit too easily on that one. And, and look, I think... What annoys me, and I was talking to Dermot Burton about this actually, what annoys us is when players are bumping and hitting and pushing and then they cop one back and they fall over and yeah. carry on. And and if you actually watch the footage, he's bumping and hitting bloody, uh, hitting Rioli and all those type of things. He cops one back. And yes, he copped one in the head. Went down, bloody failing around and carrying on. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't like it when blokes Do like to pretend they're a little... Do you think players should be still on? coming out and saying, you know what, there was nothing in it? Do you think if Nathan Murphy comes out and says, you know what, well, I overreacted is, a little bit look, anymore? I, well, that's the thing. I was Not I was looking for a grade. free kick. You know, that's what it was off the ball. I was looking for a free kick. That's why I sort of ninety nine percent of players would do it. I know there's been yeah. I think so there maybe was, it doesn't even come into contention. Anymore. I don't think it does now because of just the point grading. Yep, they just grade it's just it. taken out of their yeah. hands. Um, you, but we, having said that, we do see from time to time the old, well, he apologised during the week. He got on the phone. He'd sent a text message. And that seems to have some sort of effect. Mate, well, we used to, we used to do that just to hope that it might have an effect. No, of course. You, but I think... You weren't apologising because you meant it. No, of course not. <laughs> of course not. But I still think it actually has a bit of an effect. Well, the uh, only time... I remember I went in with Glenn Archer. So Archer and I got into a stash when I was playing at Geelong. And some some reason, we're having a bit of a push and shove. And I pulled his jumper over his head. And he just let one rip into my kidneys, and I've never <laughs> winded so hard yeah. in my life. He ended up getting reported for it, and I had to go up on a Tuesday night. This is back in the days when we had to go to the tribunal. The players like even go up anymore. The no. players even no, no. So 2004, I had to go up and said, uh, "No, no, he, he didn't hurt me, or it was only because my reaction after he hit me was I, I went at him." And they said, "Well." Your reaction was you went after him. I said, no, no, he called me a bad name. <laughs> I said, I, obviously, I said something in that. Yeah, yeah. I said, yeah. no, he called me uh, soft such and such. And that was the reason why I reacted like that. Yeah, right. <laughs> And they believed it. Yeah. Got off. So That's he was going. like, ah, trained me on the way home. Thanks, mate. Oh, beautiful. All right, still plenty to come this morning on the warm-up. Cam Luke's going to join us a little bit later on from the Armchair Experts on Channel 7. We're going to have a look at the weekend preview. And up next... 
Moons is six-pack, the biggest AFL rivalries in a game. There's a huge one coming your way tonight. This is the warm-up, all thanks to Furphy at Little Creatures Village, Geelong. For Furphy at Little Creatures Village, Geelong. You're listening to the warm-up with Warlow and Moons. For Furphy at Little Creatures Village, Geelong. This is the warm-up with Warlow and Moons. Yeah, we've got the weekend preview coming up in just a moment. Also, Cam Luke's going to join us. And we've got our marketplace buying and selling in the world of sport this weekend. But one segment we do each and every week is Moons' Six Pack. Moons' Six Pack for little creatures. All creatures welcome. We've got some big games this weekend. Carlton Collingwood last night. We've got Adelaide and Port Adelaide coming up tonight. And also the Gold Coast Suns and the Brisbane Lions. Not so much a big game, but is a rivalry in terms of the Q clash. One of the greatest uh, sporting rivalries going around. But what is we it, thought, well, though? I don't know. No, it's not. It's terrible. Um, we'll get to those games. But um, we're going to chat about the top six biggest AFL rivals. Uh, Carlton Collingwood last night, of course, always Huge rivals. Moons, let's go through. It's changed face over the last probably 10 or so years. The big yes. clubs from the 70s and 80s aren't necessarily what they well, once the were, and four. some are. Yeah, well, the big four, as we as we always call them, who are so dominant, still do have you know, the biggest supporter base. But the rivalries, you've got to talk about rivalries in finals terms as well. Yep. And that's where we'll get to it in a second. But this one, now, I'm going to start with uh, Richmond and Carlton. Number six, now, Richmond that was. Remember talking to Kevin Bartlett, and he hated Carlton, just hated him yep. with a passion. And you got to look back to uh, the final that they had where they played Carlton. You know, Judd kicks that goal, and Andy Marr loses yep. his mind. <laughs> so that's always a great rivalry. That one, uh, Essendon Hawthorne is number five. So again, back at the eighties, huge rivalry. Now, I work with a lot of the Hawthorne boys who just dis. The disdain they have for Essendon is unbelievable. Yeah, Obviously, line in the sand, uh, Lloydie running through Sully, and all of those type of things. Well, they had also like obviously Hawthorne very successful in the eighties, but so were the Bombers back to back premiers yes. as well. So they had a good rivalry for those oh, ten or so years. It's it's unbelievable wise. how much they just don't like them. <laughs> Incredible, and uh, obviously, and unfortunately, you always see that vision of uh, Hooker chasing Buddy and that greatest goal of Buddy. Oh, so that was another yeah. Essendon Hawthorne type of thing. Uh, the other one. Now, they played last night, and I know they have been traditionally the biggest rivals in, in AFL, is Carlton and Collingwood, but they haven't played finals against each other in a long, long time. Yep. Like a long time. And that rivalry, to me, just ha- didn't hasn't quite got what it used to have when I was growing up as a Carlton fan as a kid. Uh, I think it started to come back a little bit last year with that... Uh, yeah, that particularly round 23. Round 23, we're starting to build. So both clubs are starting to get strong. Obviously, Collingwood's extremely strong at the moment. Uh, so, yeah, that, that one's starting to build again. Starting to build back to being maybe the number one. Uh, the Geelong Hawthorne, probably the greatest uh, modern-day rivalry uh, in the last 10, 10 years. Yep. Probably just started to die off a little bit uh, on the back of, obviously, back 2008, and then they were, Geelong went on that 10-game or might have been a little bit longer winning streak. Yeah, the Kennett uh, Curse. The Kennett Curse. It had, it had all the theatricals. It was, it was incredible. Uh, so that was fantastic. Uh, right now, I think the Western Bulldogs and the Giants are huge rivals. Huge rivals. And Is that they, number one? 
No, not oh, number sorry, one. That's number two. Number, number two. two. <laughs> so they play today, and I reckon it's game of the round, just about because uh, because obviously we're sitting a on bit the ladder. 50, 50. We'll get to it in a moment. Uh, yeah. The only problem is it's it's down in Ballarat, and it's been pushed to the side a little bit because of the number one rivalry in today's football. Is Geelong and Fremont. Oh no, the showdown. The showdown yes, tonight. The showdown tonight. I think it is the biggest rivalry in Australian football at the moment. Yep. Just pipping uh, obviously heard, dogs and that. This has been going around for a few years, but I heard it again this week on uh, the Sounding Board podcast with Damien Barrett and Craig Hutchinson. Damo's still pushing out that potentially the showdown could be played at the MCG, which I just think is absolutely ridiculous. Um, when? Damo has been pushing when? for the last three years that he thinks the showdown could go to the G. Damo. <laughs> it's not leaving Adelaide, mate. <laughs> he reckons... And anyway, I don't want to no. get into it because it's a whole thing. But Adelaide people aren't going to drive over to the MCG. But he thinks, right he and thinks people in sits, Melbourne don't want to watch. Yeah, he thinks it sits similar to like the state of origin, where it could go around the country. I just no, don't think we're quite no. there. No, no, Damo, it's can't. staying in Adelaide. That's where it should, that's where it should be. Uh, that's Moons' six pack. All thanks to Little Creatures for Furphy at Little Creatures Village, Geelong. Make sure you head down there and watch the footy over the weekend. Let's get into the footy this weekend. Yes. We'll through the weekend preview. Uh, Moons, I'm going to go through the games. That you mentioned the Bulldogs and the Giants. Are the Giants' chance to upset Massive the dogs chance. today? Upset. I've got the dog. I've got oh, the you Giants. You hate the dogs. I no, forgot about I love that. the dogs. You but hate I've the got dogs. the Giants, who are arguably the best, uh, best for informed team in the competition at the minute. Um, winning the last six, their defence is incredible. Um, I've actually picked, tipped them for the win down there. Oh, I think this is a weekend of upset, so I think the Giants will, will take that. Um, we won't spend too much on that game. Do the Cats need to make top four? They take on the Dockers this afternoon, that down at GMHBA Stadium. Don't Pretty need to make top game. four. I don't think they will make top four either. Um, but I think they'll obviously I think they'll win today and win comfortably today. But I don't think they need to make top four to have a... A real say in finals. Yeah, you've been pretty solid on that from day one. I don't think that'll be an upset. Gold Coast Brisbane at that game this afternoon. Have the Gold Coast got anything left in them, or are they limping to the line? You um, think? Look, you, if it was a lesser team, you'd you'd say yeah, up there. You give them a little shot because they're still hanging around, but they are playing Brisbane, and Brisbane mm. are playing really good football at the moment. Uh, Bombers and Sydney, this game coming up tonight. Um, you're going to be doing that game yes, for Fox Yes, doing this one well. for Fox. Do the I, Bombers I, deserve to make the well, top eight? Well, if you've, if you've got the wins on the board, yes, you do deserve to be there. Okay. It's just whether they can now get these wins. Uh, this is a team that, you know, three, four weeks ago, we were talking about, this is, they're finally going to play finals yeah. football. And then in the blink of an eye, have fallen out of the eight by a long way. But in saying that, it's, it's still only a game or so out. But... I still think Sydney get the chocolates on yeah, this I one. Yeah, I think Sydney win too. If I, they if they if they are to play finals, they've got a really good run as far as who they're playing here. So then obviously Sydney, who are back in a little bit of form, but aren't flying on the position on the ladder. And then I think they've got Hawthorne and North Melbourne along those lines. So yeah. there is a chance. It's up to them if they want to play finals. There, it's right there in front of them. Stringer and Ridley out. Stringer's yeah. been disappointed the last few weeks and has been carrying something. Is the word uh, big game tonight? We've already mentioned it. Adelaide and Port Adelaide. The showdown. Can the Crows tip Port out of the top two? This is um, where it's getting really tight because Brisbane are pushing for top two. Uh, Port would love to get that first home final. It's going to make it very difficult if they don't win tonight. I think with Rankin out, uh, obviously Murray as well. Um, yeah, there's a couple of big outs there, and I. I think Adelaide, for me, are the ones that might be just limping to the line a little bit. Yep. Uh, so, for Port Adelaide, for me. Hawthorne, St Kilda. Who would you rather be? Uh, well, Saints are going to... 
They're in the top six. They're the worst top six <laughs> after round 19 <laughs> in the history of the game. They would have to be up there with the worst top six team it's in the history say, of the game after 19 I rounds. I think at the start of the year when they didn't have the their, their big forward line, they, they probably got under the guard of everybody playing a bit of a small ball in their yep. forward line. No one was expecting them to do well. Defensively, they were a lot better than last year, so they got some really good early wins. They look tired. Uh, and it, teams have worked them out a little bit. They were really poor against North Melbourne last week, but still got the win. That's all you need to do. I still think they beat Hawthorne. Okay, I think Hawthorne win this game. I think it's an upset. I think I still give Adelaide a chance too in the upset rounds this weekend. Let's fire through the last couple. Richmond-Melbourne, Sunday afternoon at the G. That's actually going to be a really good game. I think Richmond are doing okay. They just came home and got over the line against the Hawks last week, and Melbourne did the same really against the Crows, although they kicked away late. Dees just win this to cement that top four and be a dominant team, or is this more of a 50-50? Grundy, Harms, Hibbert, Your man Grundy, Spargo. Is at emergency, I think. Oh, he's in emergency? Well, he's named in a long calling. list of interchanges. Oh, no, he's a long list. Yeah. No, I think Melbourne on this one. Um, I think Richmond are the ones that are probably going to miss out yep. just on finals. I just don't think they can get there. And I've just got word in from Foxtel... I think KO. this is game of the round. West Coast North Melbourne is not going to be broadcast I think on this TV is this game, which I, is a real shame for West Coast North Melbourne supporters, but it's probably fair enough from I'm a telling programming you now, point of view. This has got a little bit to it because the way North Melbourne played last week, everyone's, everyone just wants North Melbourne to have a win. And well, I, think, I, think, I don't. Well, a lot of people wouldn't mind <laughs> West Coast yes. seeing, can West Coast get a win for, for the end of the year? I think it's got something in it. It might okay. be the ugliest game of all time. But it's got something there to yep. look at. Look, they might change so their mind, everybody, but currently they're not I, I encourage everybody to watch this and then stick around and watch Bounce after. Yeah, watch Bounce. Maybe the Bounce should come on at 4.40. <laughs> <laughs> or 6 o'clock after the Richmond-Melbourne game. Hey, stay with us. We've got our local footy preview coming up a little bit later on. The Marketplace, of course, as well. And from Channel 7's Armchair Experts, Cam Luke to join us next. All thanks to Furphy at Little Creatures Village, Geelong. For Furphy at Little Creatures Village, Geelong. You're listening to The Warmer with Warlow and Moons. For Furphy at Little Creatures Village, Geelong. This is The Warmer with Warlow and Moons. It is the warm-up. We've got our local footy preview come out very soon and the marketplace as well. We're going to chat to one of the, uh, I guess, friends of the show. First time on, though, uh, is, well, he does the Channel 7 armchair experts. You can hear him on SEN Track and a lot of other platforms as well. Cam Luke joins us on the line. Good morning, mate. How are you? I'm good, brother. How you doing? I'm well. Uh, I can tell that you sound a bit tired, mate. I know we've disturbed you from a, a massive sleep in. And you've often said to me the hardest working man in media, but you really are taking the piss. Uh, look, I do have a little late into the week. I'm doing some European horse racing stuff, which is uh, overnight stuff. And um, chairs late. So, yes, I do apologise. Uh, it's a little bit on at the moment, mate. There's been plenty happening, which is great. And ashes. Well, I've been watching a lot of World Swimming Championships, the Matildas. It's, it's tough to get snoozers in. What's so good about the Swimming Championships, mate? Has that been a bit of a snore fest? Look, I, I just. I, oh, do we care I, about I, I, do we care about the, swimming the, the outside swimming the Olympics? Have what it used to have. Yeah, we we honestly we don't right we don't. But last week when the Commonwealth Games and the whole debacle around that, which absolutely was a debacle, like mm. Dan Andrews totally stuffed it. Clearly, the very fact is that we sit here and in the world swimming, like the world swimming championships is on five days later and no one cares. So we got Ariane Titmus, the the actual four hundred meter freestyle. 
women's on Sunday was absolutely the number one race probably of the century with Katie Ledecky and Titmus and then Summer McIntosh. And honestly, in Australia, no one knew it was on. Well, that's the thing. Uh, Let, it's, let's... Like Channel 9, <laughs> like it's, it's, it's weird. Yeah, so on the back of that, right? So where does that fall? Is it to do with the Commonwealth Games getting the lemonade and sass and so no one then caring about any sports? Or did we already not care and the Commonwealth Games was the right decision they should never be on again anyway? Well, we already not cared. I don't think as much about the World Swimming Championships. And I feel that the Dan Andrews, the Commonwealth Games thing was a political thing more than it was people actually caring about no, the Commonwealth Games. No, of course it was. Like, but I mean, I, I, of course it was. But I guess the, the backlash or the talk afterwards is that, you know, are we really that disappointed on not having or seeing the Commonwealth Games? We're not. Well, absolutely not. There will be people who were angry last week. So the, the Commonwealth Games are just an absolute stuff up. He should have said, never said yes in the first place. And the Commonwealth Games isn't what it used to be due to the fact that we have so much other sport. Like this, the World Swimming Championships every two years, World Track and Field Championships every two years compared to every four. And today, in today's day and age, we can watch as much sport as we want. Because there's paid TV, there's, there's, there's new media when it comes to digital subscriptions, there's all second, third, fourth, fifth channels. Back in the 90s and the, and the early 2000s, the com games were the big thing because we didn't see these athletes. We only seen them every, you know, every four years the Olympics and then the com games where we went and we dominant. Nowadays, we see them all the time. Um, so I, I feel for the smaller com games sort of sports, the ones that really need the exposure, I'm worried about like a you know, sport like netball, uh, that so much is based around the Com Games. If it doesn't continue, even though they they tell us that Canada's all in for 2030, but the fact is that the World Swimming Championship, straight on the back of all this anger around the uh, Com Games and everyone being angry, and no one no one's really watching it, and it's great. Australia have been dominant. Kyle Chalmers finally wins that 100 meter World Championship. He's got everything else. Titmus does what she did. We've got yeah, well, it's it's we've got Molly McFarlane who won the 200 meter freestyle as a as a teenager, and honestly, no one knows about it. And then just the result into the wound, and I do not know. Now, Warlow boys, I did some real dumb stuff, but yeah. how the hell? <laughs> some dumb stuff. I don't know if he's hung up. He's cracked it, or he's gone back to sleep. Let's see if we can get him back on the phone. We'll we'll keep going. We'll see if we can get him back on the phone here. This would be interesting to see what actually did happen. I don't know what sort of mate. We're still we're still got you live on air, mate. I don't know what happened there, mate. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm angry. I don't, <laughs> did you hear me get into the rants about having the netball world yes. cup and the women's world cup on at the same time? No, we missed I'm, that I mean, part. Out of bed. Well, well, that's disappointing as well. We have got two major women's championships on at the same time, and and we wonder why we can't commercially continually find ways to help women's sport. Well, let's not have the Nepal World Cup, which is starting, and the FIFA Women's World Cup, which is massive. And at the same time, these governing bodies need to at least have a communication and have them separated by at least a week. <laughs> hey, Cam, does the Commonwealth Games, we'll talk, touch on it before, but unless it's in a major city, is it dead? Because as far as it people going way. to it? It feels that way. I've actually got a, I've actually got a theory that Dan Andrews, <laughs> legitimately, when he announced it to be regionally, there was a lot of people who raised eyebrows and it's all great to be saying, oh, you know, let's, let's have it in regional markets. But it was, the reason the costs went through the roof is because they were taking it to places where infrastructure didn't exist. Yeah. So I have a theory that his idea was to pump more money into regionally, knowing full well that it was going to be very hard to be able to 
get away with it. You clearly he went on the campaign last week after it in regional areas talking about the fact that that $2 billion is still going to be pumped into their town. So the actual, outside of seeing the athletes, the actual money going into these regional um, areas is still going to be there and, and still the infrastructure is still going to be built in some respects. And I just don't, look, I, I don't know, Moons, you're, you're a high-class athlete. and I wouldn't expect you to say that you didn't like playing pre-season games in regional towns because I think it's a little bit different when it's the pre-season compared to an AFL actual home and away season. But if the AFL just bobbed up and just started saying, hey, uh, you know, Geelong, you're going to play, you're going to play three games in Shepparton and you're going to play one in Gippsland, you know, between rounds 15 to 19. I'm not 100% certain AFL athletes or any professional athletes would be like, well, hang on, what's, what's, what's going on? Like, do you, you know, in 2006, and I'm lucky enough to do a, an athletic show with John Stephenson across the SEN network, you know, he won in front of 100,000 people at the MCG and, mm. And now in 2026, you know, we're going to have the athletics in front of 7,000 people. <laughs> I think rats. that a lot of what, yeah. yeah. And I, I'm not, I'm not shying away from how much regional people love sport and would turn out in droves. But it's like to not have it in major cities with the MCG or Amy Park, you know, it'll be, you know, with the, with you know, with, with the World Game or whatever, or Marvel Stadium. Like it just, I just don't think it works and. Mm. Um, the fact is, it's, it's proven 100% that they've been un- unable to get it done. And, and the fact that it was going to be regionally, where they don't have the major infrastructure, is the one that it, it, it died. But I'm very worried about the Com Games going forward. And it, it does suck because there are athletes, in particular sports probably, but there are athletes who um, it is still a major achievement, a major, 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 major achievement to run or swim or ride or whatever it might be for your country. And that's been taken away from them due to just what I felt to be a a little bit of poor management. Yeah. It's a, I never actually thought of that. When you think of swimming, you know, you don't have 20,000 at the swimming, you don't have certain amount at the bike racing, but when you think of the athletics and you think about those top tier sports, the hundred meter final, you know, you are thinking probably minimum 60,000 in stadiums up to 80,000, hundred thousand, depending on where it is at the MCG, but which, which, Town, where are going to hold that one in? That was Ballarat at Mars. That was in Ballarat, mm. wasn't so it? they were going to they were going to mm. finish the stadium as it goes all the way around, but it was still going to be that only that one tier. Yeah. So it's going to hold seven thousand people for the Olympic Games final. Uh, sorry, the Commonwealth Games, you know, hundred meters final. It actually would be a bit deflating. Mm. You're right. I've never really thought of it like that. It's mm. been sort of disappointing. Hey, mate, before we let you go, the Ashes is happening at the moment. You did mention about the Women's World Cup soccer. Sam Kerr's been a bit of a disappointment in terms of not being available. Looks mm. like she probably won't even play now. The Ashes, though, what do you reckon? The Poms have really sooked it up in the last week. And from Moons and I spoke earlier, uh, 10 years on, uh, the tables have turned in terms of getting a washout. And all of a sudden, we want to change the rules with Test Cricket. I can't believe we spent four days pretty much apologising for retaining <laughs> the urn because that of something that happens in Test Cricket all the time. And I think Australia should be a little bit no, not the players necessarily. I think as a society, we're actually half bought into the, yes. the Poms crap around it. Like, test cricket, I, I continually, continually for years, and I know this is almost impossible due to the stacked calendar, but I've always said we should have a lay day in test cricket because we can't control the weather. And there are times, and it doesn't always hit the five days anyway nowadays, I know, but there are times we miss out on a result because of it. And then all of a sudden, now... The, the Ashes goes, you know, series on series. So we were good enough to win. And everyone knows you have to actually win the series if you want to steal the urn back from the other country. And all of a sudden, we've sat here 
and felt like Piers Morgan has dictated what we've been saying and what we have been thinking. It so you're telling me ago. he's not the boss of the ICC because I thought well, on Twitter that he was. Well, I'll tell you this. Uh, it's led by Merv Hughes. I actually blame Merv because Merv's been fluid <laughs> oh. in three weeks. And from there, everyone's like, oh, aren't you Merv? You're the man, Piers and the flog. And Piers is like, well, like 10 years ago I said this. I'm just going to roll these trailings up. And we've just taken a hook, line, yeah, and sinker. absolutely. And, and we haven't even really celebrated the fact that we actually have retained the urn now. We've got to win the series first time on English soil for over 20 years. And that is obviously something that is part of the, the psyche now. But they're coming back with the urn, which is absolutely 100% mm. the plan when they got to England, regardless of what the actual series result, be it a draw or, or we win it. So I've been a little disappointed that, Everybody's sort of been like, oh, you know, yeah, it's been a little bit. Yeah, Those guys the way should have been losing their yeah, mind. Yeah. Like was, you know what? Yeah. Warning would have come out of that room when they called play and just gone nuts. And I, and I, and I, I, I was disappointed. Now, Pat Cummins was almost apologetic when he was shaking hands. They should have just been like, stuff you. This is what happens. You declared too early in the first in the first test, and you declared too late because you wanted Bearstow to make a hundred because you got run out of. Spirit of the game, Reid has said a couple of tests earlier. Had you have just declared and got those 13 or 14 overs earlier, you might have actually bowled the Aussies out and we'd be having a fifth test for the Ashes. But you tried to be arrogant and you lost it. And uh, now you can sit there and sulk on Twitter. And I hope the Australians celebrate long and hard because they've had a yeah. successful tour. They won the World Test Championship and... And now they're going to return, retain the urn, regardless of what happens here. We have to win, though. We really have to win this final test, because I think that'll just, all of a sudden, we can walk away. <laughs> I know what you're saying. We shouldn't be apologising about retaining the ashes, but I feel like we really need to win this final test. Mate, get back to sleep. Good luck with uh, the thousand I, I, jobs and p- platforms you're I on over the next few days. I can't get back to sleep. There's a badminton championship on in the Republic of China that I want to catch. So <laughs> yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll grab that now. All sure. right, mate. I you can bet on that one. Thanks, boys. Thanks. Thanks, mate. Good on you. Cam Luke joining us on the warm-up this morning. What an idiot. Uh, took us uh, a long time to get him on. He's always fallen asleep. There he goes and, and hanging up as we speak as well. Stay with us. We've got a local footy wrap and the marketplace not too far away. All thanks to Little Creatures. <laughs> For Furphy at Little Creatures Village, Geelong. You're listening to The Warmer with Warlow and Moods. The Marketplace for Little Creatures. All creatures welcome. Yeah, The Marketplace, we're buying and selling something in the world of sport. Having a bit of fun here. This week, Moons, I know you're very passionate about this. What are you selling this week? Well... I'm a little bit disappointed with uh, a bit of feedback coming back about our boy, Scotty Cummings. Uh, Pat Cummings, even. Pat Cummings, sorry. Well, Scott. I'm disappointed Scott Cummings, yeah, too, Scotty. that he played for so many sorry. clubs, but that's a Pat whole Cummings. thing. Pat um, Cummings. So, he's come off a World Test Championship. Yep. He's retained the Ashes. Mm-hmm. Tactically, probably not fantastic at the moment as a, as a skipper. Poor. Just not fantastic. Low average. Great relationship, <laughs> Captain. Yes. Has he won? I think he's lost one test series since he's taken over the captaincy. Against India and India where no yes, one wins. no one wins. I just see I'm, I'm pretty pretty poor, I think, with everyone just all of a sudden off on the back of one really poor test, uh, really just jumping down his throat and asking for him basically to step aside. We easily forget that he won us, was it the second test when he batted and made? Yes. And we, 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 we were yeah. hailing him as the greatest captain ever. Yeah, but got a bit of work to do. Yes, but yeah, so I think it's I think it's tough that I know 
a bumble this week came out and said he only tosses the coin and then Steve Smith's the captain. <laughs> He's di- he called him a tosser. <laughs> <laughs> he just he tosses the coin and then it's like under 12s. You can captain this week, mate. Just go out and toss the coin. And, and you know what? Whatever. You, you know what? And on the back of what you're about to go with, you can't be doing everything. What's well, that your, is true. You, I'm you, selling, selling Aussie drop catches. Yes. I mean, we have set a standard over decades of Australian fielding that we are the best or equal best fielding team in the world. I just can't. I have to turn it over when we drop a catch. Mm. I'm almost embarrassed. Um, Warner's catch the other night was terrible. Steve Smith's one was difficult. I don't think it was. No, I, I can tough, live with. I can live with that. Tough one. The Alex Carey one was the most disappointing mm. one. One, because I think he should have caught it. Harry Brook got dropped on five, went on and made 85. That's disappointing. And also, too, we've been absolutely canning Bearstow for the whole series. And then <laughs> Carey drops that one. Oh, it actually just rips me hard one. out to drop catches. I, I actually can't handle it. So, Aussies, I'm selling drop catches. I can, underst- I can handle getting hit around the park. If we're not bowling well or the other team's batting well, but drop, drop chances, catches, it just it. kills me. What are you uh, buying this week, mate? So I'm buying. So last week I was at um, West Coast v Carlton. Yep. And I saw something that we very rarely see in today's football, which is a big bag of goals. Big snaggers. Ten from Big Charlie. Yes. And I tell you, we this is how bad footy's got over the last 10, 20 years. We talk about kicking four, five, six. Oh, kick the bag. That's not a bag. Yeah. Ten's a bag. Yeah, ten is and a bag. And we got a bag on the weekend. Do you think it's so. a mindset to kick ten? Or do you think that you've played well enough to kick ten? And what I mean by that is, do you get to a stage in the game that, right, now we're just going to start feeding him? Depends on where you are. So the, the talk is going to be with Tex Walker coming up in the last round, trying to find, uh, trying to get the Coleman medal off yeah, Charlie. So currently seven goals behind, yes. which is a lot. But at the same time... A lot can happen in the next few weeks. He kicked 10 goals against West Coast yes. early in the year. Charlie's kicked 19 in two games. They now, played them last game. So there's an every chance Adelaide don't get to the finals. They're just feeding Tex. And they're feeding Tex the Feeding Tex. Trying to get him 13 or whatever he needs to get over the line. Yep. That but could yes. be very interesting. Mate, where are you this week? You've got uh, this afternoon. You're going to head to the Cats I've got, and the Dockers. Uh, I'm back down for Geelong and Fremantle. And then I'm back up the highway again for Essendon and who are they playing? Sydney. Sydney. And then, of course, the got showdown the tonight as well. So it uh, should be a good day of footy. And, of course, uh, the Bulldogs taking on the Giants this afternoon. That game in Ballarat. Hopefully the weather holds up. It's supposed to be pretty good this afternoon. Moons, thank you, mate. Have a good well, weekend. Well, we'll catch you next week. Buddy. Cheers.